0: Welcome to the podcast that we call The Assembly. So glad that you have uh, chosen to be with us. And we've got some very special people that are always uh, with us. An audience, if you will, that encourages me so much. And I cannot deny that it puts a smile on my face. Now, The Assembly is the called out group of people. It's the ones that have given themselves to Jesus. And that's what the church is. It is the Assembly of Believers. Now, Sometimes they meet in an actual assembly. Sometimes they don't, though. We're talking about the universal body of believers. We're talking about people who have accepted Christ, who live for Christ, and they are one in Christ all over the world. It's kind of like the um, the book of First Corinthians opens, which says, "To the church of God, which is at Corinth, to those who are called to be saints, with all who in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ." Our Lord, both theirs and ours. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all of us, and we are one in Christ, and that makes us the assembly. Now, you matter. You are here because you're supposed to be here. You're here for a reason, and that reason sometimes may be mysterious because sometimes people ask, what am I here for? What is my purpose? But you are not an accident. You remember God told Jeremiah in Jeremiah chapter one, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And I ordained you to be a prophet before I formed you in the womb. I knew you. Same way with you. It's the same way with me. He has known us all along. We existed in the mind of God before we ever came into existence. There has never been a time when you were not in the mind of God. That is unfathomable. That is hard to accept. Certainly impossible to wrap your mind around. But you are a unique creation of God. And everything about the Christian life is an eternal purpose. Ephesians 3:11 says that this is all according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus. So people get caught up in, you know, asking questions about life and saying, well, I didn't ask to be here. I didn't ask to go through all of this suffering and all of these difficulties. No, you didn't. God, created you in his mind before he created you in actual being, but he did create you because he loves you. And he did create you because you are here to uh, be his child, to be in a relationship with him and to and to serve him, properly understood, not just to serve him, but your, your responsibilities. And my responsibility is we are answerable to our creator and we answer to him because he is our God. And he has made it to where we answer to him and are totally acceptable to him if we know Christ and everyone can know him. Now, I don't have to tell you what Christ thinks about you. The cross screams what God thinks about you, what God has in store for you, what God wants from you, what God wants for you. The very best of all things that's what the cross means now i don't understand the cross you don't understand the cross no one understands the cross we understand some things about it we understand that god is holy we understand we live in a fallen world we understand that everyone is a sinner we understand that jesus willingly went to the cross to pay for our sins but beyond that there are a lot of mysteries why did it have to be that way why did God create a world that he knew was going to fall, know that people were going to be lost. Why did he do all that? I don't know. And you don't know. Because guess what? God Almighty does not answer to us. But we do know that what he did was far more difficult than what you and I wanted him to do. What you and I wanted him to do was just put us here and have everything go our way and, you know, then so on and so forth. Well, that would have been easy for him to do. He could have done that very easily. But with love comes sacrifice, with love comes allowing people to make choices, and that's what he's done. Choices that we, you know, it's kind of like people talk about free will or human responsibility. I prefer human responsibility to free will, but it doesn't matter, you're going to wind up at the same place. People have choices to make, and people are responsible for the choices that they make. And God allows people to make choices. It would have been far easier for him to not allow people to make choices. That would have been far easier, far easier for him to just say no choices. But that's not what he did, even though that would have been far easier. He chose the way of sacrifice, the way of love. He chose to come into the world and to save us. And listen, there's a lot of suffering in the world. You're talking to a man who suffers. I'm talking to people who suffer. And there's no need to to cloud that issue, you know, to say that if I were to sit here and tell you, I've got it all together, just listen to me. I've got it together. I would be lying to you. I don't have it all together. I know someone who does, and I have a relationship with him, and I love him, and I serve him. I don't serve him the way he deserves, but I do serve him, and I certainly trust him, and I trust him to save me, and he's got it together. I mean, from beginning to end, he knows what he's doing. And the older I get, the sweeter he gets. The older I get, the more I realize he's my best friend. The more stupid things I've done and do, still do stupid things, the more I realize how real his love is. So I'm not here to serve me. I'm not here for myself. I'm here for the one who created me. But I'm no accident, and you're no accident. And you need to find purpose in life. Purpose is where hope comes from. Purpose is where the will to live and keep on living comes from. And purpose is found in knowing that you were created by God and that God designed your life and God wanted you to be here. Now you say, well, if God designed my life, I've got some problems with that because I have some bad things that have happened to me. And who couldn't say that? Who couldn't say, you know, I didn't ask for this mind that I've got, this mind that gets depressed, that gets anxious, that, you know, worries. I didn't ask for this. Who couldn't say that? Who couldn't say whatever you're suffering with, whatever you're, you know, you're troubled with, who could not say, I didn't ask for this. But can't you look at someone that died for you? Can't you look at someone who lived for you? Can't you look at someone who was raised from the dead for you and say, He didn't ask for that. There's a sense in which he was, you know, he did in the sense that he was willing to do it, but he didn't ask for you to sin. He didn't ask for me to sin. He didn't ask for us to create a situation where the only way we could be saved was for him to come into the world. That was a response to what we have done. And there's always more than one way of looking at things. The best way to look at it is from the standpoint of what we know is real. Focus on what you know, not on what you don't know. Well, there's all kinds of questions we don't know the answer to. All kinds of things that if we allow ourselves to be consumed by them, then they would drive us crazy. And for some of us, it's a short drive. <laughs> Can't be consumed with things that you don't know the answers to. What you got to be consumed with is what you do know. And what you do know is that God wants you here, and you do know that God loves you. You say, how can I know God loves me? Because he doesn't always act like he loves me. And There's a lot of bad things that happen in my life that don't sound like love to me. And even, you know, we call out to him and we pray to him. And he doesn't answer in the way that we think he should, so much so that we think he doesn't answer us at all. We think that he's ignoring us. And there, there, there are psalms where, you know, people cried out or David cried out and said, why are you so far from helping me? Why, you, you know, there? it's always, you know, difficult to see, the hand of God in your life, at least it's most of the time it is. Now, a lot of times you can look back and see it very clearly. I can see the providence of God in my life and things that I would have never thought could have worked out for good have worked out for good. But when, when you're in the moment and you're dealing with problems, you're dealing with trials and tribulations and you're struggling, it's very hard to say, God, you got this under control. God, I trust you. You do trust him. But it's not always easy to trust him. So what you have to do is remember he's got a plan. And if he didn't have a plan, you wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here. We would not be here to ask these questions. I love it when people say, you know, I don't believe in God or I'm not sure that there's a God. And they don't realize that the very fact that they're sitting there asking those questions (laughs) is proof that there's a God. I mean, the very fact that you have a mind that can come up with these ideas and verbalize them to someone else. Someone else can hear them with their ears and either agree with you or reject what you say or think about it and come back with a rebuttal or a response of some kind. Here you are engaging in conversations all of that proves there is a God. All of that proves that you are here having discussions about things that you would not be here having discussions about if somebody did not put you here with those abilities. Those kind of things don't just happen, and you know that. I don't believe in atheists, and I don't mean to make people mad when I say that, but God doesn't believe in them. Now, I believe people are convinced that they're atheists. I'm not saying they're lying, but I am saying that deep down, they know there's a God. Now, if you disagree with that, that's fine. I'm not the final authority, I don't know everything. And that may be one of the things I don't know. I see this agnosticism the same way. People say, I'm not sure there's a God. I don't believe that. I believe you are sure that there's a God. And your problem is you don't like him. You don't like the way that he runs his universe. You don't like the way that he runs the world. And you let that influence whether or not you believe in him. Well, that's philosophical. And the philosophical issues are difficult for all of us. But why not just say, I know there's a God. I just don't like him. Then you can be honest with yourself and be honest with him about what you don't like. And you might come to a better understanding, a greater understanding of who he is and why there are things that you don't understand. Because there are a lot of them, a lot of things we don't understand. All right. But who made it be that way? God did. But there are a lot of things we do understand, or at least a lot of things that we do know. We may understand very little, but we know a lot. We know, for example, that Jesus really lived. We know that there were men who gave their lives testifying that they saw him after he was raised from the dead. And we know that Christianity is not a force. You know, right when Christianity began, you had a world ruling empire and one of the most powerful religious groups of all time working together to try to eradicate the church, try to stop Christianity. They couldn't do it. And it's never been done, and it's not going to be—Christianity will never be stopped. And people say, you know, well, Christianity's had its run, religion's had its run, and it's time to change. Well, you can say that all you want to, but Christianity's not going anywhere, and religion itself's not going anywhere, because we are made in the image of God, and we have, you know, Ecclesiastes 3 and verse—probably verse 11 says, he has set eternity in our hearts. We are going to always— People are, not everyone. Some people decide not to do this, but most people are going to pursue some sort of religious avenue because we know that we are more than just like an, you know, an ant on uh, a log that's burning either way. We know that we are not just, uh, just a, an accident. We know that there's purpose to our life. We know that God created us deep down. We know that. Now, how do you translate that and make that useful information in your life? By realizing that if I'm not an accident, there's a reason that I'm here. And the reason that I'm here is because my creator wanted me to be here. And if he wanted me to be here, that means that that's my purpose and I have a purpose. And you matter. And one of your reasons for being here is to help other people. There are people who need you. There are people who love you probably. But even if everybody hates you, that doesn't mean they don't need you. They do need you. And you don't need to base whether or not you should be here or, you know, what your purpose in life is. On You shouldn't base that on how people feel or what people say. You should base that on what God has said, because what God says is what matters. You know, Paul asked in Romans chapter eight, he asked the question, if God is for us, who can be against us? Well, God is for us. How do I know God is for us? Preacher, how do you know God is for us? I know because he has given his only begotten son, his one and only unique son to save us. And so if you're all right with God, it doesn't matter who's against you. doesn't matter what anybody says about you. doesn't matter how negative people think about you. doesn't matter what your reputation is in the eyes of men. If God is for you, none of that matters. However, if God's not for you, if you are an enemy of God, if God is not in your corner because you have rebelled against him and you've not accepted his son, doesn't matter how well people speak of you doesn't matter what people have to say about you, how good people talk about you. In fact, you know, Jesus said, woe to you when all men speak well of you. Uh, you're not doing something right when everybody has something nice to say about you. Uh, luckily, I don't have that problem. <laughs> Maybe you do, but you might want to reconsider it and think about the fact that are you taking a stand for Jesus because he's the reason that you're here and the purpose for which you are here. I don't even know you and I need you. Most of you watching don't even know you but I need you. You're helping me right now as we speak. So that can only imagine what you could do and what you are doing for people who actually know you, for people that you interact with on a day-to-day basis. You're having an impact whether you realize it or not. And maybe eternity is the only time that you're going to find out what kind of an impact you had or how many people that you helped or how many people that you influenced. You're influencing people every day one way or the other. And if you're a Christian and you love God, then you're trying to influence them you know for good you're trying to be a positive influence and it's like first peter chapter 2 says that we are to do good deeds so that we can glorify god and people will see that jesus said it in matthew chapter 5 let your light shine before others that they'll see your good works and glorify god here's your purpose all right here's why you're here you're needed because people aren't reading the bible they should but they don't they read they read you they read me and know that somebody is watching you. Somebody is looking to you as an example, whether good or bad. I wish I would realized that so many times in my life when I failed to be the example that I should be. But I don't ever want to forget it again. I want to remember it. And I want to remember that I am put here to represent God why does God not just speak to us out of heaven? why does he hide people say that why does he hide himself from us why doesn't he why doesn't he show himself to us? well he has through Jesus it would be far easier for him and I've said this before I will continue to say it it would be far easier for him to open up the skies and just speak to you than to do what he did send his son into the world and also the other way you know he, he has revealed himself through Jesus but he's also revealed himself through his people. And he's called us to be his representatives. Now you talk about requiring a lot of patience on the part of a holy God and a perfect God and a righteous God, that he would use sinners, that he would use people who require an awful lot of patience. He would use us to represent him to a lost and dying world. Why would he do that? Why would he choose that route? He could do it far better himself. He could use angelic beings to come down here and represent him far better than we can. Why does he do it that way? I don't know all the answers to that. But I know one reason is because he loves you. I know one reason is because he created you. And I know one reason is because that's why you're here. You are here to be his representative. So yes, you matter. That's how much God thinks of you. That's how much your creator thinks of you, that he would say, I want you to represent me. I want you to glorify me. You hear, you know, you're reading the Bible a lot about glorifying God, glorifying God. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father in heaven. What does it mean to glorify God? It means to make God look good. Now, God is good, but everyone doesn't know that. God is perfect. God is righteous. God is holy. You can't say anything negative about God and it and it be realistic. You're just making it up. You're judging based on human standards of limited knowledge. You cannot say anything negative about God. That's that's real. That's realistic. But everyone doesn't know that. So how do they find that out? They find that out by watching you and by watching me. They find that out by looking at his people because we're here to glorify God. What's the purpose of the assembly? I'm not talking about our podcast. I'm talking about the assembly of Christ, the people of Christ. What's the purpose of it? Feed the poor? No. That's not the purpose. Sometimes we're called to do that. As we have opportunity, we should do that. Have worship gatherings where we worship together. Is that the purpose? No. No, those are good things to do. And uh, like I encourage you to meet with others for worship, for fellowship, encouragement. That's not the purpose of the assembly. What is the purpose of the assembly? To share the gospel with the lost? No. It's one of the ways we accomplish the purpose. And that's one of the things that we're supposed to do. But that's not the purpose purpose of God's assembly on this earth. You know what the purpose is? To glorify God. To him be glory in the church, in the assembly, throughout all generations. Ephesians chapter 3 tells us, to him be glory in the assembly. The assembly, the called out ones, we are here to glorify God, which means to let people know that he is real, that he is good, and that he is worth serving. And he is a holy God, And he is a God of wrath, and he's a God that will answer to and that they will answer to. We need to let people know that he's, you know, he's not to be trifled with. He is to be taken very, very seriously. But when you do take him seriously, you will look to him for guidance. When you look to him for guidance, you will find salvation because he points you to Jesus. Everything in the Bible, everything in life points to Jesus. Jesus is your purpose. Jesus is my purpose. He's the reason that we're here. So God sends the son of God into the world. God, the father sends God, the son into the world to live for us, to die for us. And then he chooses, for example, the 12 apostles, just ordinary men to go out and tell people about him. And they do that. They go out and tell people and they, the people that they tell Tell others, and it's like, you know, 2 Timothy 2 and verse 2. Paul tells Timothy, the things that you have heard from me among many witnesses, commit these to faithful people who will be able to teach others also. In other words, the things that I've taught you, turn around and teach others and allow them to keep going and keep going and teaching others and teaching others and teaching others. And when you do that, the message spreads, and it has spread. It has spread ultimately down here to where we are. And guess what? Just like the apostles and just like the people that the apostles taught, the principle remains the same. We are to go out and tell others about God. And that's how God has chosen to spread the word. And, and look how it's worked. The word is spread throughout the whole world. And, you know, the Bible says the gospel will be preached to all nations. And there's a sense in which it was in the first century because it was preached throughout the Roman Empire. But it's right now it's being preached literally. In the whole world, we got missionaries everywhere. We got, you know, uh, television stations going out. Now we got TikTok. Now we got things like this where you can talk about Jesus and it go everywhere. And we're not, you know, there's people going a lot f- farther than we are, further, farther, whichever the case may be. Sometimes I get my furthers and my fathers mixed up. But it's going uh, further than our, you know, limited efforts are going. It's going farther than our limited efforts are going. And I honestly cannot remember if it's farther or further. (laughs) But who cares? I used to know how to differentiate between those two. And after the show is over, I'll probably come back to me. But (laughs) it doesn't matter. Uh, The point is, there are people reaching a lot more people than we are, and we're reaching a lot of people. So... Hey, God is doing a work. He's doing a special work. But the special work is done by special people, and you are a special person. And I know you're a special person because God created you. And I know you're a special person because God has included you in his work if you're a Christian. And you can be not only included in his work now, you can continue to be for the rest of your life. And if you're not included in his work, you can choose to be by receiving Christ and choosing to follow him. So don't ever think that you don't matter. Don't ever think that because you can't get out and do something that someone else can do that you don't matter. You do matter. Someone's watching you. You're encouraging someone. In some way, you're doing something uh, for God if you love him. And you don't even have to know all that it is. You don't have to know what it is. Just believe that he's using you and believe that when he uses you for his glory, you're going to be rewarded for that. You will be rewarded eternally for that. And everything that you go through now will be worth it in the end. That's what you have to keep in mind when it comes to life on earth. Life on earth is about God. Life on earth has purpose. If God did not exist, there would be no purpose. But God does exist. And you exist. And I exist because of God. And because of that, we have purpose. And we need to live by that. Thank you for watching us here on the Assembly Podcast. We hope you'll join us next time when we consider more about living the right way in this lost and dying world.